0: Welcome to part two of who, who hail season two, episode one. It's just great to be able to say season two and that we have a big 10 season Uh, in the first half of this two parter. uh, We talked about our philosophy uh, for why we're still doing this in the midst of a global pandemic, uh, our hopes and fears for the season. And, we talked about the state of the team. We started getting into what the teams, Michigan and IU would look like uh, if they took the field today. We had some headline items about the team, like health, mood, um, big departures, um, the hype. And we got into our uh, past games and run games. Um, The idea behind sort of the season preview is our TV guide to the season and what was a Michigan fan. Whereas as an IU fan, uh, it would look like, um, like just basically the way that we think about watching games and um, little helpful notes for how to consume the content as we get into the season. Uh, and so with that, uh, we're going to turn to the uh, defensive side of the ball. Um, basically, for IU and Michigan, uh, what it's going to look like to stop the pass and stop the run and whether or not our defenses are uh, – how they're going to fare. So, Kathy, take us away for uh, you.
1: Thanks, Jeff. All right. So, starting with Indiana, I'm going to go with the pass defense. So, as you know, you generally have two options. You can either send people in to disrupt the quarterback so that he can't get a pass off – but the downside of that is that more people might be open. So if you don't get there quick enough and the quarterback is able to release two, then you will have less men to, um, for downfield coverage. And so then I if- guess
0: the other part of that is, or you could play, uh, bend, but don't break kind of like, uh, defense where a big 12 style, right. And you're trying to cover as much as you can. Um, mm-hmm. but then if you drop everyone back, Um, which is the opposite of that sort of blitzing Uh, then, but don't break. You're trying to play the pass, trying to stop them from passing too deep. Um, And then that way though, you may get gashed by the dink and dunks by like short little runs because you, you have people sort of more people downfield.
1: Yeah, no, that was a really great other, other side of it as well, Jeff. So thanks for pointing that out. Um, You know, in kind of terms of getting to the quarterback. So I would say that's kind of been the missing part for the Hoosiers. You know, we've generally had a pretty good offense, but to to make it great, that's kind of what we need to to work on. So we do have a new defensive line coach named Kevin Peoples and and an older group as well this year. So I think we can actually fill in that void. Um, There's a couple names that stick out. There's a defensive tackler, Jerome Johnson, who had five sacks last season, and Demarcus Elliott, who had three sacks so with that, um, I'm more confident in the, um, the pass defense this year and getting to the quarterback. In terms of the run defense, I can quickly address, you know, obviously in addition to getting after the quarterback, we're hoping that our defensive line and these defenders can also work towards stopping the runners as well. Um, I don't know, Jeff, if you had any thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I guess the time that we sort of saw the line um, was during that OSU game. And really the line, it they just look like smaller. It's like what happens mm-hmm. when you have a line that on average has like one, one and a half, or even two recruiting stars less than the offensive line. And it was just kind of crazy that both the 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 types, the time that the OSU offensive line had for the quarterback, the quarterback had all the time in the world. And it's not yeah. like you know, Justin Fields needed any more time. But it was just wild. And then just pushing around the defensive line guys to open up gaps for runners. Uh, Hopefully, you know, this year, um, in addition to being able to blitz the quarterback, you guys can sort of stand your ground and uh, so that less gaps are opened up. Um, That would be probably the best thing that could happen. Um, uh, Your line gets more push against offensive lines. I think they're still working on that.
1: Yeah, and, and Jeff, when you mentioned the um, our defensive line looking a lot smaller than OSU's offensive line last year when we watched that game, um, it made me think about our defensive line probably grew up on corn um, here in the state of Indiana, whereas OSU's offensive line, they grew up on that skyline chili and and noodles and whatever else you want to throw in there. So
0: It doesn't um, really work out, though, because I guess like the best offensive line um, is that crazy – run game wisconsin ones where they yes. they like carbon copy those 300 pound dudes in wisconsin well they've got cheese and curds
1: like, and beer so. yeah
0: so there's just <laughs> they that's the you know offensive line that you think about like a massive big 10 uh and and then they're probably in action as we're uh recording this um but we'll turn to that after this Um uh, but hopefully yeah. yeah hopefully you have some of those deal guys i think that's the i mean that's the way right like to stop runs it's block all the gaps and uh, fight with offensive linesmen and try to try to keep the gaps to the minimum.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one highlight that I I, I just got to do in terms of defense is downfield coverage. So pro football focus recently described Taiwan Mullen as one of the best true freshman cornerbacks we had ever seen. So I'm so excited that he is back this year. I've heard that while he was happy with his performance last year. He also knows that he wants to bring a lot more. So he's not going to settle down. He is going to bring even more this year. Um, And I'm really excited. I also did not know that he was Lamar Jackson's cousin. So I found that out recently. Um, I think the only question I have is if he's tall enough, because that is a real thing that we noticed against Michigan. And and Jeff, I don't, you know, do you have any comments on that?
0: Yeah. So yeah. So I think you've said it out, right. I think, you know, either you find these fast guys who can sort of fight through and blitz the quarterback and get to them, or you have these sort of glued on corners and safeties for downfield coverage. And I think you're right. Like Tylon Mullen is one of the best that I've seen. Like I've, we've talked about this multiple times, but I think you guys got bombed in that Michigan game, like 39, like basically Shea got everything that he wanted with multiple receivers and a lot of the IU people were complaining about IU secondary, but I, I didn't, you know, on replay and maybe, maybe I'm not right, but I just, you know, watching, watching the plays closely in the replays, I have said to you on this podcast um, and to you multiple times that I think IU secondary Womack and coach Ellen being a defensive coach, they really coach these guys well, and they try to execute technique. Like every time I looked at the corners, they were turned around, right. They were fighting for the ball. Like they were, you know, just doing a good job. Um, and, um, I, uh, think that, um, I think that, uh, you know, well my view on this is, um, the problem is that the two or three star guys are just smaller and, um, they're just, you know, not, um, they're just not, uh, not as fast as the purebred blue chip wide receivers that some of the big 10 East teams have. And so the challenge really is, um, how do you compete? Like if only you had, um, if you had five, Tywin Mullins, if you had 10 Tyron Mullins, if you had 11 of them, you'd probably win a lot of football games, like maybe nine of them, plus WAP and Penix. Um, that would be great.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, I think, in summary, out of all of this, you know, when it's a clear pass play, for example, like it's third and long, we just need to shore it up a bit more. But I, I have faith in in Womack and what he's doing with the defensive side. Let's go over to the Michigan side of things for defense. Jeff, tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, it's going to be a Don Brown defense, and I think the biggest sort of it's going to be competent, and they're going to, you know, do a good job. Um, And I think the big sort of complaint by sort of Michigan uh, teams is that, I guess the major complaint is that Don Brown's defense doesn't work against Ohio State. And I don't think that that's Don Brown's fault. I think that's like everyone in the country, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other issue is that we are Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to playing Penn State. So one year, Penn State destroys us. One year, we destroy Penn State. And so those are the two games where Don Brown's defense really doesn't look that great. Um, And then otherwise, we don't lose the game because of the defense, you know, like other than those Mm -hmm. two games. And honestly, those two games we probably lose because of the offense Uh, anyway. Um, So if we look at if we break it down, I think we have those amazing linebackers that Don Brown loves Um, really mobile can scramble great at reading sort of past run plays can snuff it out. Uh, Cam McGrown is getting all the hype. Um, so he's definitely um, really, really um, going to be, you know, that's the kind of guy. It's sort of like the equivalent of speed and space, but uh, for a defense, and that's what Don Brown likes. Um, in terms of safeties, we're going to have Dax Hill, five-star safety. Uh, he's going to be the best safety in the league. Um, just He's every bit the real deal, like Najee, but except that we got him and Alabama didn't. Um, and then on the other side of the field, we have Brad Hawkins, who's like really competent. He gets a lot of hate because Ohio State destroyed him and they mash him up against them. But you know he's not the most talented, most athletic, but very competent, doesn't make that much mistakes. Um, tries really hard. I think it's really the best that we can do as a combination. Um the question will be, can we st- stop the slot fade play that people every all try to run against us? And that's a hard one, uh, especially with the really fast um, slot receivers that um, Ohio State has. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of our corners and wide receivers, it used to be that Michigan had a string of all star, five star like NFL first round picks where you couldn't even pass like I think the pairs of corners that we had, Jordan Lewis, like we get we get interceptions, and they wouldn't, you know, there'd be no way to like pass on Michigan. Every wide receiver would be blanketed. Um, and this year, we don't have any of those corners, so it's going to be a panic. Like our way of our way of stopping the pass game might be we have to blitz more. I don't know. Like our mm-hmm. corners paired up against wide receivers, it's not going to go so well. So, so we'll see. I mean, overall, I think. Um, there's more transition on the, um, on the, uh, side of the ball, that's offense and on defense, it's just going to be, we'll see what we're going to get. Um, uh, Don Brown defense competent won't lose this games. So maybe we'll lose us the Ohio state game. That's my prediction. You want to, uh, take it to special teams and see, see how that side of the ball looks for IU.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds good. So going on to special teams. Um, so our um, special teams coordinator left to become the defensive coordinator at Fresno State with Kalen DeBoer as the head coach. And so Tom Allen promoted from within, Casey Teagarden, um, who used to coach safeties and is now special teams coordinator. So hopefully that's a positive move. Um, in terms of kicking, so I won't get to jinx Logan Justice this year. Poor guy. Um Logan justice was just one of those people who I thought could not do wrong ever. I mean, I had so much faith in that guy. He was like perfect. I think up to the Nebraska game where he might've missed like a point. And, um, and that was, um, during the game when I had said, Oh, Logan justice can do no wrong. And that's why Jeff, remember I told you, I thought I had jinxed him. Um, but after that, shortly after that, He missed three field goals against Purdue. He missed another field goal, plus a critical extra point in the bowl game against Tennessee. Um, So it wasn't the best of best endings, but I still will miss Logan justice a lot. But now we have Charles Campbell. Um, and he actually looked really good last year um, The couple times that he did play. So he had a huge kick against Purdue after he did replace Justice in the fourth quarter. And he was two for two on field goal attempts last year. And he looked great in a recent scrimmage um, by kicking a 57-yarder. So and that I,
0: just is such a funny thing, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, Logan Justice was like, and, and you would, you would, okay, you, we will get to the letdown look ahead sandwich jinx. <laughs> um, on an episode at some point this season. But those are the two biggest self-jinxes that I've ever seen in sports. The, and oh. as a one sentence, it, it's basically our favorite podcast, Solid Verbal, says there's a letdown look ahead sandwich. Basically what it is is um, a team plays like a really big game and then there's like a game in between, which is the look ahead sandwich. And so the middle game, that team looks ahead of the middle game towards the third game and whoever's the opponent in the middle game might win because they're being neglected or looked ahead of. And so it happened to be that Indiana was the look ahead game here. I forget sort of Michigan had two be games. I think it was like Penn state and then Ohio state maybe. Um, I, or...
1: I thought it was MSU Indiana.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was like yeah. MSU Ohio state. Yeah. And so basically the idea was we would get so hyped up for the Michigan state game and then we won that game. Um, by a lot, I think forty-four ten or something, and then um, and then there's this look-ahead game where after expending all that rivalry emotion, uh, we're thinking about the Ohio State game, and then in the IU we get the jump and win. And so the whole point of a, and I, I I just get so ex- exasperated by this in a wonderfully adorable way, but the whole point of a look-ahead game is that people don't pay attention, right? Like they look ahead. And so Kathy sent me this GIF on Twitter, which was the cutest sandwich with the dog. I think they were in space or something like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but basically, the whole point of the GIF is you can't look away from the sandwich. Like, all eyes, all focus is on the sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, this is antithetical. It's the opposite of the sandwich. That you're supposed to look at. Now you've caught our attention. Now it's going to be a 24-point game. And I told you that. And then it was 25 yep. point. So yep. that was the first self-jinx. The second self-jinx was Logan Justice. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I think Logan Justice had these like crazy numbers, right? It was like um, mm-hmm. 38 out of 38 or something crazy. And, um, and then I think Logan Justice misses one or something like that. And you'd been talking about Logan Justice this whole time. And I was like, the whole point of a college kicker is never talk about the college kicker because college kickers are so uh, mercurial and volatile, right? And Mm -hmm. so then you start and then you started going on this path where it was all that you talked about. You're like, did I jinx him? He missed one. It's 38 out of 39. Did we jinx him? And I was like, I don't think so. I think you didn't jinx him because, you know, it's just a, you know, he just missed one. It's fine. And then Logan Justice got the yips. Like He just totally got the yips. And I was like, okay, like you must've jinxed them. Like you definitely jinxed them because- Oh my gosh, it was yeah. all
1: downhill after I said that. Yeah, because
0: we had that conversation, right? And then he got mm-hmm. the yips and I was like, okay, you're directly responsible for the yips.
1: <laughs>
0: um, and so those are the two worst jinxes, which is why like, you know, I guess you're a secret Purdue fan because you jinxed IU so badly. Um, but um, yeah, Jeff, so- Jeff, do you what-
1: realize I single-handedly then made us lose the Gator Bowl and then- hashtag 9windiana because we lost by a point and he missed the critical extra point yeah because
0: did he like did he doink it after... i think that, i think
1: the extra point was a doink i think i'm pretty
0: yeah sure. yikes yikes well no i mean our philosophy is more like you know it's all the moments that led to that right and you yes. guys were yes. we already said the statistic right it's like you were up by 11 with five minutes or something like that mm-hmm. right so yeah. i don't think so but anyway it was just <laughs> it's so funny that you know, in retrospect, you can assign these, like, if you're a superstitious person, you could like, you know, in retrospect, look at every, you know, tea leaf like that and just go a little nuts. And I guess me and you both have like a wild appreciation for like superstitions and rituals and things like that. Um, But honestly, I think, you know, the justice thing was going to happen and Michigan was just so much better. Like, so Mm -hmm. it was, not it's just funny to chalk it up to, I mean, Honestly, it's Michigan with so much better. And then IU going to IU in the Gator Bowl. Um, So um, we can talk about the kicking game for Michigan, too. And then we can talk about the punt and punt return game. So the kicking game, I think we have two kickers, right? So Quinn Nordine is our long-distance guy, right? Like he's made over half, close to half of 50-plus yarders, which is unheard of uh, in college football. So he's our long-distance guy. But he's also missed like five extra points, and every time he comes out, it's like why? Uh, Michigan's come up with different systems, right? So I think they had a one on one off with Jake Moody, who was our other kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because we had two amazing kickers, I think we ran that amazing uh, our amazing onside kick, right? Where we had, I think it was was this Michigan. Do you remember like the beautiful onside kick that we did? Was that us?
1: where we had two kickers
0: that crossed and so that they didn't know who was kicking the ball. So they were both looking left and right and then we collected the onside kick. Uh, And so that's the beauty of having two onside, two kickers Mm -hmm. um, because that was amazing. But so we have two kickers and for the longest time we had one-on-one-off, which was we would alternate um, so no one would get the yips. But that didn't really work out for us because Quinn would just miss. And so now I think... Jake Moody hasn't missed something under thirty, so we'll have him kick the, um, we'll, we'll have him kick the extra points in the under thirties, and then we'll have Quinn kick the long long things. Uh, and Quinn Nadine has shown that even if he's like sitting for a while and then he kicks, he can still make the long ones, but then he inexplicably mi- misses the short ones. So I think what we're gonna do this season, I'd be really surprised if we went back to the platoon kicking one on one off it might just be you know Quinn gets the short stuff sorry Quinn gets the long stuff and Moody gets the short stuff um so that's our kicking game um punt returns well probably uh we had some kind of accidents where even with DPJ we had DPJ return and we probably shouldn't have Ronnie Bell return punts um or kicks because our um he's our only sort of wide-out WR1. Um, So we're going to have probably Giles Jackson, who returned for a little bit, but then he flubbed a couple. Like, our, I don't know, there's something wrong with our punt return strategy where our uh, returners try to do something crazy and get punished. Um, But Giles is so fast, and he can run past the entire team. So probably Giles is going to be our speedy wide wide receiver will get to... We'll get to return them. Uh, and then I think punning, um, Michigan has, like, we used to have Aussie punters that would punt crazy punts to the corner. And I think now we just have, like, a normal punter. So the hope here is that nothing goes wrong. Um, but that's, that's the story for our special teams. I think uh, it's going to be competent. And hopefully, I think, really, we're trying to not think about just trying to not think about the special teams, right? Like anytime you think about the special teams, it's mm-hmm. probably not very good.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, on the IU side, um, our punter is named Hayden Whitehead, um, who has been with the team for a couple of years and he's great. Um, he is left footed and can punt from either foot. Uh, so kind of excited to see just, you know, whether he uses both or, or whatnot to kind of mix it up next year. And then from a punt return perspective, um, Wop actually does that from time to time, and he's great. But he did misread um, some some punts last year, and that actually cost us a game against Penn State. So Reese Taylor is up for the role too, and has done a good job. So that's all I will say on the special teams. Yeah, side. you agree with
0: me though, right? Like, let's not think about the, yeah. the less that we think about special teams, the better. I agree. Uh, okay. Um, so here, uh, so our next segment, um, two more segments. We have the, uh, well, actually, uh, four more segments, but um, <laughs> let's see. So we have the one big personality, which is one person that we want our audience, one person, given that that's who Who hails mission, one person that uh, we want people to know about our programs. Um, and then we have the season preview, which we have mm-hmm. a little bit of a surprise for at like basically of the different games and how we think they're going to go. We have a pandemic special, which is... One thing about the towns of Bloomington or Ann Arbor that we must, if we could be there. And then a quick rival watch. Um, given that we're, we have this big preview, we're just going to tell jokes about our rivals um, for a little bit. Um, there will be some structure to it, uh, but that's the remainder of the show. So let's start with um, you, Kathy. Uh, tell us about the personality. And I think you have a very appropriate choice to kick off the segment, but, uh, tell us about a personality. Well, I had
1: to go with the obvious one here for me. Um, Ellie, Oh baby, uh, Tom Allen, um, head coach of Indiana football. He's a Hoosier through and through born and raised. Um, a couple funny stories I heard about him in the athletics. So one after IU beat Purdue last fall, um, Tom Allen actually carried WAP on a piggyback ride and, Jeff, I mean, we've seen WAP in person. We've seen what we believe his family I members mean, to be.
0: I was just about to person. say, let's uh let's uh we saw WAP but from a distance. Like we saw him, yeah. Like, we saw him on the field. <laughs> yeah. But then we saw like WAP shaped people that were like long and sleek and had custom WAP jerseys. So yeah. we were like they, we were like, okay, these people are seven feet tall. I don't know if they were seven feet tall, they were probably like six, six or something, but from our perspective, these people were seven feet tall and they were skinny, like skinny, strong people. And they mm-hmm. had custom WAP jerseys. So these are <laughs> WAP family. Like, I don't know if that was fair. Maybe like not, maybe they, but they were clearly WAP family. And so we saw up close, we saw a WAP family. Um, but, but and we saw a WAP from far away. But I mean, your point still stands, but I just want to clarify. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so great. And the other funny story I heard was that So Coach Allen worked as Hugh Freeze, um, defensive coordinator at Lambuth, and what he did one time is he dived into the middle of a pile during a practice when a player jumped in at the same time, so it knocked Tom Allen out and his two front teams. So I just got to say, this guy is awesome. His spirit is amazing. He's all culture, which I love. Um, But he's also very competent and has been called that by many sports reporters um, over the last several weeks for what he's been able to do with the team. And so I I just had to highlight him for this segment.
0: And um, so I think some of the sort of criticism of Michigan's opponent, Minnesota, uh, and P.J. Flack is that Mm -hmm. P.J. Flack – because he's also like famous for having like a culture and all that but i think some of the criticisms that pj flack has which i don't necessarily subscribe to but people say you know he says all the right things like the row the boat which is like the leo right he's probably mm-hmm. the similar like he c- creates this sort of culture and feeling but people say it might be a bit more phony and crafted um because it's a bit more like sleek and i think the way that i think of it is that you would never, this story just helps me further accentuate that because you would never say that about coach Ellen, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. he's just, he's genuine about it, right? Like yeah. he's, he's the, you know, he actually thinks these things. Um, so there's no doubt about sort of whether or not for him it's genuine or not.
1: Agreed. Jeff, uh, who is your one big personality?
0: Yeah. So for me, it's, uh, for me, it's Don Brown our defensive coach. And I think, you know, I think the Michigan fan base now has somewhat of a conflicted relationship with him. Um, So and I was saying to you as you're writing the notes that I could talk about him for half hour. Right. Um, (laughs) I just talk about him the whole time and I won't do that here. But I think it's important to chart sort of the story of how he came to the program. And, you know, and then now sort of where he stands so how he came to the program is pretty exciting so i think and it's a very jim harbaugh thing so i think michigan had the number two defense in the country and this is maybe 2015 and jim harbaugh being this crazy guy who cares so much about football he like looked at the sort of pro football statistics and he was like well who's the number one and number one turned out to be Don Brown, who's coaching these three stars at Boston College, they were losing a lot of games, but their defense was number one in the country. And so Coach Harbaugh had never met this man. I think maybe they might have encountered each other professionally, but he probably didn't know, definitely didn't know Don Brown personally. And he calls Don Brown and he says, hey, you want to come coach a bunch of five stars? Like you can recruit whoever you want for defense. And Don Brown being also a mad scientist was like yes i shall (laughs) and so he came over and he really did have these mad defenses like we had this string of in the past several games like we had like the longest string of shutouts for a bit right we had the revenge tour and i think the biggest problem with don brown's defense that people criticize which is why he's having sure a tough time with the fan base, is so i i previewed this a little bit um the Jekyll and Hyde on and off about Penn State. He infamously said that the Penn State game kept him out all night. And then he delivered the next season. He like completely clamped down on Penn State. But then the problem was that the season after that, Penn State shellacked us again. Um, mm-hmm. So the big knock on Don Brown is is this crazy whirling, blitzing, fast, small guys defense um, like, is it a gimmick? And has the gimmick been solved by Ohio State? And I think my personal take on this is Ohio State has a bunch of five stars that can run like 4-4 40-yarders, right, for the dash. And so whatever you're going to do, they're going to score on you. Like they score on everybody, right, Uh, other than Clemson, but they score on everyone. And so maybe we need Clemson's defense, which is why people are like, oh, we want Venable, um, who's Clemson's DC. But I don't know. Like I think I'm still team Don Brown. We'll see what he does with Ohio State. I think everyone loses to Ohio State, so it's not that much his fault personally. It's that they have five-star athletes at every single position, and we do not. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the mixed feeling about Don Brown. Um, So our next segment is... um Our next segment is the season preview. And one really cool idea that we had was that we're going to do this in order to avoid all home court biases uh we're gonna do a um we're gonna do a freaky friday where um we give our season preview and predictions for each other's team and each other's uh so that we can have a more theoretically objective look at each other team season although as you know um my take is super biased and I tell all these jokes <laughs> about IU uh, despite everyone saying that IU is going to be super competent. Uh, so, which maybe might make this even more biased than if we weren't doing it for a Friday. Uh, but that's our idea. Um, we think it'll be interesting to get sort of the opposite perspective. And so, and to hear, since we're sort of invested in our own season, uh, to, just to see sort of what the other thought about our season. So why don't, Kathy, you tell me what you think about the games on Michigan's season, and tell us like our opponents and dates and stuff. You don't have to get into too much detail, but the idea is um, the idea is so that we have sort of as this mini TV guide to the season, we have a um, maybe one to three comments about each game that we should sort of take into the game and think about. And so let's do. Um. I guess there are two ways to do this, right? We can do each week, or we can do the season overall. I think what we should do is we should do the season overall in this preview episode. Because if we're going to do this every week, then we'll just naturally have the each week preview. Does that make sense?
1: Okay, so we're going to cover the entire season, like overall, how we think?
0: Yeah, does that make sense So that we're not doing, like, because we have that list thing that normally work out last year um so why don't you give us the full season and i'll give you the full season of the iu game uh and then uh all the iu games and then we'll see where we go so that you know because in the next few episodes we'll be doing the game by game preview as we dig into it a bit more so i think that's the way we should do it
1: okay so am i going to each of the opponents or no
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of doing the point being that instead of doing alternating like you do October twenty fourth, I do October twenty fourth. Oh, you just give us the whole thing.
1: Okay, Uh, I'll make it short and sweet. uh, Yeah, Yeah. no,
0: tell us about it. You don't have to make it short and sweet. Just the points that you have look good. Just just run through it. Do the work. Run through it. Uh, I I would love to hear, and I might sort of argue with you a little bit. I don't know, Um, but that sounds good. Yeah, or yeah, let's go, let's go. And I will.
1: One comment I have before I start is that. Um, When when it's Jeff's turn to go for IU, I have some pretty incriminating photos of him kind of having some IU stuff on or maybe wearing an IU blanket. So I am more than happy to release them if Jeff's comments are are inappropriate. So just wanted to say that. But going into this first game, which is tomorrow, Saturday, October 24th, um, at the Minnesota Gophers, which are ranked currently in 21st. So about this team, we've already talked about PJ Fleck a little bit, their head coach. Um, They have a pretty good quarterback, um, one of the better ones in the conference named Tanner Morgan, Um, Big Ten Receiver of the Year, Rashad Bateman is back and their entire offensive line is back. So I don't know too much about their defense, but from an offensive perspective, they're looking pretty good. I think the big question for Minnesota is whether last year was a fluke or not. I think some people were questioning that. I think they're genuinely pretty good, um, if not very good, but In terms of prediction, I I, I did put Michigan as winning just because, um, for me, it seemed like a toss-up, but there's no home field advantage this year, really, with COVID, so I'm going to give it to Michigan.
0: That's perfect. Tell us about all (laughs) the other ones, and then I will tell some jokes about your opponents when it's my turn. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sounds good. So going on to the next week, Saturday, October thirty first, the Michigan State Spartans. Um, I just had a couple comments on this. Nothing because we're really going to win for to sure, football. right? Like
0: this, this isn't even a contest, right? Yeah, like nothing not really, really football
1: related. But I was, okay. I was just thinking, if you keep Paul Bunyan this year, which I think you will, um, I want someone to dress up as Paul Bunyan. I think that'll be fun, or at least it should be pose.
0: you. You should dress up as Paul Bunyan.
1: I could dress up as Paul Bunyan. I'm okay. like Paul Bunyan. Okay, great, um, fine. And then go. also, I think the big thing to say about Michigan State this year is that there's no more rain dance from Mark Dantonio. Um, there are well, no coaches actually,
0: um, yes and no. No rain dance in his capacity as coach. So we yeah. had this running joke oh, that's where, true. where he like controlled the weather, and it was crazy because oh, when they beat goodness. Ohio State, every play that was Michigan State on offense, it was like sunny, and then every play yeah. in Ohio State, it was like hail. <laughs> and so, and so, like Ohio State had to run, and Michigan State made every pass. And so I was like, "Oh, and Dantonio is like a rain, a rain goddess, rain god, and has like the the I don't know the Native American dance of the rain." Um, and so we we told those jokes, and it was crazy. Uh, he had that sort of crazy hailstorm uh, with uh, us having our worst quarterback, who shall remain unnamed but then we threw like five straight interceptions in a row into a rainstorm. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's why we have that joke on this podcast that he can harness the weather. Um, But they, I think they're paying him money to be a special advisor. So maybe that's what they're paying him for. Right. To be a rain shaman advisor. So so he can still (laughs) do that.
1: That's so funny. Um, We will have to see how that plays out. And, yeah, I'm just curious to see. Their new coach is named Mel Tucker. I don't know a lot about him, but we'll, we'll, I think this is kind of a – obviously what we call a rebuilding transition year for Michigan State. Um, so we'll see how they do. Maybe we'll and we'll talk about surprise. each
0: other's rivals. So I'll go deeper into Michigan State and Ohio State, and you can go deeper into Purdue and uh, Nebraska when we mm-hmm. go into Rival Watch, right? We have the jokes yeah. ready. Um, so so this one's more uh, in my court. Um, but okay, Love it! Uh, all right. So, following weeks,
1: Saturday, November seventh, at IU. Um, so, no look ahead sandwich this year. Jeff talked about it, but I am going to go for my team. Um, this, of course, is no bias at all. It's all based on fact. Um, so, actually, Indiana hasn't beat Michigan since nineteen
0: eighty seven. Infinity I- years, right? Like it's like <laughs> a fifty straight wins. Like I, I just, uh, I mean, I mean. Well, I guess that makes me fifty years old, but fifty okay, straight. Okay. I think win-
1: it's thirty or 24. 24,
0: Man, a hundred straight wins, and every time, every time Kathy texts me about, oh, we're gonna beat you guys, I keep increasing the number of the of the win streak. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I think I you you guys on Who's Your Heartland invited me, and I was like, Infinity wins, and you guys are all like, Jeff seems pretty nice, but he's kind of a jerk. Like, we're not gonna invite <laughs> him anymore. <laughs> but yeah, every time you say Indiana wins, I'm like. I don't see no win. Like I send you, I, oh, um, I think the worst thing that I did was, this is clearly the worst thing that I did, which was I brought up the historical football data on the, um like the win percentages, like basically the all time series page between Indiana and Michigan. And I just read you the statistics. Like I brought up the page and I just read it to you. And I think that might have been the worst thing that I did.
1: Yes, that is the worst thing you have done. I I agree. Um, but this year will be different, and my prediction is that Indiana will win.
0: And I I think a lot of, as I said, you know earlier, like a lot of Michigan commentators have been saying that. So I think they've been saying Michigan is overrated, uh, Indiana is competent, and I think you know I think there might be a good chance of that. But um, but IU gonna IU
1: so. <laughs> we shall see. Yep. Um going to the next week Saturday November 14th Wisconsin Badgers. Um so I'm just laughing because I think it was last season where um I think Jonathan Taylor their their running back had like Oh my gosh, he had cramps after like a quarter or two because he'd already run so many yards. He already had
0: 200 Um, yards and he was like, I'm cramping up. I'm running too much. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: he's gone and he's actually playing for my team, the Colts now. Um, And their receiver, Quintess Cephas, is gone too. Their main quarterback, uh, Jack Cohn, is injured from camp. So they're actually going with QB2 right now. Um, And they're pretty good. I mean, they're known to be the kings of the West, but... I am going to QB that two wins.
0: is nine for nine with two touchdowns right now against Illinois, whatever that means, but he's, yes, he hasn't missed means. yet. <laughs> um, so we shall say QB two is doing a good job
1: right yeah. now, but I have you guys winning since I'm nice. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, November 21st at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Um, I just had to laugh because I mean, Chris Ash, their head coach, is not there this year.
0: We got um, him fired. I got him fired, him fired personally. <laughs> so, personally, got him fired because this is what happened. But like, personally. And I was reading this online where someone wrote this article about getting Chris Ash fired. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was like, okay, we personally got him fired because what happened was, <laughs> what happened was like we beat records by infinity. And mm-hmm. then, you know, everyone was like, Chris Ash's like job is secure. And then I think Michigan has a personal rivalry with Chris Ash because he, one, is part of an Ohio State coaching tray. but two, he he had all these weird things about, like, fencing the Garden State because mm-hmm. fences in Garden, like New Jersey, because Michigan got, like, a bunch of big, big recruiters, recruits from New Jersey because um, of our connection there, Don Brown, our connection there. Um, but anyway, so, so I was like, okay, Chris Ash, and then we went to Trader Joe's and we saw um this gentleman who is wearing a Wrecker sweatshirt. And you know who, who hails philosophy, maybe not in the pandemic, but our philosophy is that if you're wearing gear, you want to be your fandom, not necessarily like for someone to like be mean to you, but you want your fandom like it, it's like a affirming thing if someone talks to you, maybe some smack about your team. It's affirming. And so we saw this Wreckers guy and he was wearing Wreckers like and it's, that goes double if you're wearing it on Saturday night, right? Like yeah. after a loss in Big Ten country, like 100%. So this guy and Kathy, I think you're a bit more, um, you're a bit more like nicer and demure and you're you're like Indiana girl, like nice, Midwest nice. We're not going to like get up in people's faces and challenge them. Although you really wanted to with a guy wearing the Purdue sweatshirt. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think maybe you might be a little crazier now, but I think you, you always are like the classier co-host, right? Whereas I'm like kind of out of control. And so I saw the shorter guy and I wasn't even like going to trash talk him. I was just like um I was like hey man like you know I, I I don't even think I said condolences or whatever. I was just like hey man like you know I think your coach is still doing a good job or I think I said something along those lines. I forget exactly what I said, but something about like you know my heart goes out to coach Ash, like coach Ash, you know. I was like coach Ash. And then we go home and he's fired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like literally right after. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was like, go, Coach Ash, uh, to this random Rutgers guy. And I think he was like, I don't know if he wanted to talk to me. Like, he was like, um, you know, yeah, Coach Ash, whatever. Like, hey, I mean, he clearly knew what I was talking about, but I mean, mm-hmm. his fault for wearing a Rutgers hoodie on a Saturday night. Um,
1: yeah. But yeah, exactly. Coach Ash
0: immediately got fired. So, bye, Coach Ash.
1: Yeah. I think, in addition to that, Rutgers has not won a Big Ten game since 2018. They've got a new coach, they couldn't hold spring practices. And COVID did shut down their whole program at one point. So it is kind of one bad thing after another with this team. Um, Michigan's going to take this.
0: I just want to say something about, you know, our anti-mascot. So Mm -hmm. we have our mascot is clearly Coach Mike DeBoard. Mm -hmm. There's DeBoard the pig, who's this pig doll that we have that we named DeBoard. And then everything about this podcast is like he's our spiritual leader, right? Like, <laughs> run, run, pass, like, just pictures of him. Like, whenever we're down, you just, the co-host texts, we, we like, we're a Mike DeBoard podcast, right? Like, that's the guy. Our yeah. reverse mascot, like, our opposite day, opposite mascot is Brady Hoke, right? Yes. And Brady Hoke is really a nice guy, really good gr- recruiter, terrible coach, like, totally overmatched. And I just want to point out your statistic about Rutgers not winning a Big Ten game since 2018. Mm -hmm. Michigan was the first Big Ten loss to Rutgers. It was 26-24 at High Point Solutions Stadium. What kind of – in Piscataway, New Jersey. What kind of stadium name is that? Anyway, (laughs) a crowd of 33,327 – you all came out to watch Michigan lose. Um, and and uh, I just want to read the article from, this is from October 4th, 2014, a day that will live in infamy. Um, and and this is Brady Hoke. Like, this is the article from Rutgers beating Michigan from the Freep saying, for Rutgers, this was hardly a signature win, defeating a Michigan team now with, three straight losses four of the past five two and four overall and oh and two in the big 10 um (laughs) so you know so brady hook man we lost to rutgers at rutgers at least we didn't lose to them in the big house but um that was 2014 the last season of brady Hoke. so just want to point that out um you know anyway sadness. Oh
1: man, that's <laughs> rough. That is sad. Oh, All right. Saturday, November 28th, the Penn State Nittany Lions. So, um I know that their linebacker Micah Parsons has opted out for the NFL and their quarterback, who I think is 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 fine. I think he's good. I I don't know if he's great. Um Sean Clifford, he is back. They have had 3-11 win seasons in 4 years. Um so they're a pretty good team and I I don't know. I I think it might be more of a mental thing. I do have your prediction as Michigan loses. Um, but it was kind of a toss-up for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair enough. Um, you know, Penn State's ranked seventh, right? We'll see how they do. Um,
1: yep. We will yeah. see. And then a couple more to go here. Saturday, December 5th. The Maryland Terrapins. Um, and I will butcher this name, but they've got their uh quarterback, Talia. Tagavaloa. (laughs) I'm so sorry. He
0: is, as the uh, Solid Verbal podcast says, he's a Tagavaloa. Yes, he's a Tagavaloa. He's not the Tagavaloa, but he is a Tagavaloa. Those guys are so creative. They're they're the best. We love them.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we've got a familiar name, but it's a not the. They were one and eight in Big Ten play last year. Not that great. Poor Mike Loxley, my prediction is Michigan will win. Um, um one more to okay. go. The game, Saturday, December twelfth at the Ohio State Buckeye. So
0: all right we don't have to talk about this one. That's okay. It's fine. No, no, we skip it. No,
1: no, we'll studio. we'll talk about
0: that during Rival Watch, but okay, we're gonna continue. <laughs> we're gonna continue the tradition. Well, we can talk about it now. We can continue the tradition of skipping whatever Kathy writes about the Ohio state in the show notes, we're going to continue this tradition. And and this has gotten to the point where we are at the 45 minute mark. So this podcast is devolving into shambles, but basically the tradition on this podcast is Kathy writes something about Ohio state on the show notes and we do not read it. That's like a show rule at this point. And the reason why we have that rule is because last year, Ohio state was killing it. And by all accounts, this is the only serious thing I'll say about them. They're gonna kill it also again this year. They're by far head and shoulders better than any other team on the Big Ten. We can acknowledge that, put that aside and never talk about it again. But Kathy would write these game recaps because we did Rival Watch, right? And Kathy dutifully Rival Watch was, you know, the game that the, they played last week and the game that they're gonna play preview next week. And it was a helpful way to understand our rivals, you know, as we're going through the Big Ten title race. But Kathy would write these crazy it's accurate but crazy sounding previews on all thirty three sides of the ball offense defense special teams and it'd be like yeah justin tom brady fields made every <laughs> single pass and um the best kicker ever kicked all the kicks and it would just be these crazy descriptions and then i would read them. i'd be like are we talking about like the Green Bay Packers, the New England Patriots? Or are we talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes? No, you are not reading these. And Kathy was like a little bit offended because she put all this work in. So and so I was like,
1: work.
0: yeah, and I was like, you know what? Because I also refused to watch the games. So I was like, okay, you can watch them. So I started reading the Purdue recaps in the style of Kathy's <laughs> Ohio State recaps. Just turn about this fair play. So I was like, Elijah Sindelar was the... Aaron Rodgers of Aaron Rodgers. And I started reading them. And Kathy was like, oh, does do the previews really sound like that? And I was like, yes, they do. That's why you don't read them. But so sticking with the tradition, we are not reading the preview of, although I will say Kathy did say, so maybe we will read it. Kathy did say, and I, by the way, for what it's worth, I hope you're right. I don't know that you are right. Kathy wrote these words um, in the preview offense looks great, quote, defense is questionable, unquote. I'm like, okay, defense is questionable. Amazing. Like, that might be the first bad thing that Kathy Chong has written in the Who Who Hail show notes ever I that's about high yeah. <laughs> think So And I don't know that that's true. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> but I'll stick with it. And, and then, okay, you did write a wonderful one, which is, like, we had this long-running joke on the podcast about whether or not Ryan Day – A has a stylist Mm -hmm. and then we started guessing uh in a non-gender normative way whether or not ryan day's stylist is straight or gay um and that's like sort of a private joke between us but then we decided that because the shoots were so strong and so like garishly strong but also lovely maybe like that person is it didn't help us on the straight and gay thing, because we would be like, maybe he's super straight, maybe he's super gay, we don't know. But um but that's the we text we started texting each other photos of Ryan D's get up. So we mm-hmm. that will be a hoo-hoo hail uh continuing tradition.
1: Yep. So that I think I have you all with three losses for the season. So that's um
0: five wins, three losses before the pairing game, right? Yep. And I think that's a very conservative prediction right so conservative meaning like really straight down the middle that's like what most people have it's like a lost to Wisconsin lost to Penn State lost to Ohio State right
1: yep yeah I just switched it up a little bit
0: uh oh, oh so Canada. you you gave it you gave us Wisconsin uh but took away no, IU
1: no I gave you Minnesota
0: no oh yeah no no but you took you gave us Minnesota and you gave us Wisconsin yes yeah, because yeah. most people think we we're were we going to lose to Wisconsin, to Ohio State, and to Penn State, and maybe like a random game in addition. But so you mm-hmm. gave us Minnesota. You gave us – because the, the reason why Minnesota is no longer like um, as sure Minnesota is going to win is because Coach Fleck said that a lot of the starters are going to be out because of COVID. Oh.
1: Okay.
0: So the line, the Vegas line, the sharp line shifted by a lot. Okay. So it was like Minnesota by two. And now it's like yeah. Michigan by three because oh, okay. the sharps knew about the COVID first. I don't yeah. know how they, you know how Vegas always knows, but yeah. that's how the line has shifted. Um, so, okay. so maybe it's not as clear, but so that's why I described it that way. So um, again, um, Ohio state lost, Penn state loss, Wisconsin loss, maybe one more loss like to Indiana or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm
0: uh okay i think that's a very fair prediction thank you for doing that are you ready for ours for for yours uh
1: ready and terrified but let's do this
0: (laughs) okay so we talked about some of the teams so to avoid repetition we'll just go through uh and and and, you know in order uh you also know the dates right it's like week eight october 24th so i'm just gonna go through the list of rivals we don't the list of Mm -hmm. opponents we don't have to go through the dates so you play Penn State first. Penn State's number seven. I actually think that a lot of people have the upset alert um, on. So we'll see. Hopefully you benefit from some chaos, right? Um, and you get the upset. I'm not picking it, but I'm just saying, you know, Penn State, you might get it. Uh, see how Micah does. Uh, but but you guys are uh, going to be... Uh, hopefully Tom Allen has you guys ready, and you might jump mm-hmm. on them. Um, but I have this one as a loss. Um, Rutgers is... You know, a tire fire, it's at Rutgers, so hopefully you guys do better than the Brady Hulk. Um, it's in Piscataway. Um, I think you guys will win. Um, uh, Michigan, this is a toss-up, but since you had you guys winning, I'll have you guys losing. Um Michigan State, um this one, Michigan State's like it's rough, right? They lose like something like I think they lose like 20 seasons off their defense. Like t- literally 20 seasons of experience. From their mm-hmm. defense and then um on their offense they tried really hard to get a role quarterback because ricky lombardi is not a role quarterback and they failed like no quarterback on the transfer market wanted to play for a dilapidated michigan state so i think that's going to be a clear win for you guys so at this point we have toss up penn state toss up michigan win-win so win-win toss up toss up right um And then um, Ohio State, it's going to be tough because it's in Columbus. Although this year, how do you know with the core crowd, you know, with no crowds, is the home court advantage? And then it's also like the Big Ten has these rules with like percentage infections and stuff like that, Um, whether you can actually go. Who knows? Right. Um, So it's in Columbus. Um, I think you'll beat Maryland. Uh, It's in Bloomington. Maryland's not that good. At Wisconsin, we'll see. Uh, And then I hope you beat Purdue, but there's a lot of hype going on for Purdue. Um, So to be super fair to you guys, given since the last time he did this, I was so mean, I'll be nicer. So I think you have three guaranteed wins. Rutgers, Michigan State, Maryland. There are three toss-up games um michigan penn state i'll give you that as a toss-up and let's say purdue's a toss-up and then you have two losses ohio state and wisconsin so three three and two um or i guess three two and then three Mm toss-ups what do you think about that preview
1: i mean i think it's really fair i think it's really really fair um I don't, you don't think the Penn, toss-ups
0: are too biased in your favor? The three toss-ups are uh, um, Ohio State Wisconsin loss, and then three toss-ups are Penn State, Michigan, Purdue.
1: I think Purdue's obviously like an obvious toss-up. Um I'm actually Yeah, the rivalry
0: <laughs> games throw the records out, right? Like the solid yeah. verbal boys say.
1: But uh I think I, I actually think Penn State and Michigan are fair. Just I mean, maybe I think Mich From Penn State, the last couple of years, I think that's more than fair. And I think our team's better than it was last year. Um, In terms of Wisconsin, I don't know. I I, I don't – I'm just not sure. That might be
0: a toss-up too. So three, four, and one. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Let's do three, four, and one. And then we'll revisit this. Three, Or rather, just a clear loss at Ohio State. So you could win seven. That'd be awesome.
1: That would be awesome,
0: right? And and, and that's what the Freep, I think the uh, Lansing State Chronicle predicted that, right? They said that you would be the second Big East team losing to Ohio State, so mm-hmm. so that's actually their prediction too. So fair enough. All right, so uh, two more segments left. Um, great. Uh, one, they're both fun segments, fun ish. Um, the one thing that you wish you were doing if we could go for the season opener weekend. I mean we had actually made plans to go to the Wisconsin uh, Mm -hmm. back several iterations of the schedule ago. The first one Um, it was opening. What was it? Like eight weeks ago, right? Like last weekend of September um, against Wisconsin. And we were going to go to that game. Right. Um, That was in Madison.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Uh, Okay. So, you know, we were going to go, but, um, imagine you're in Bloomington. What would you be doing, uh, tonight, tomorrow, day after?
1: All right. So we would be, we would start tomorrow morning by tailgating in the parking lot. And I want a hoo, hoo, hail cake. Um, so we What's would the get.
0: Is it sprinkles? What's the cake?
1: Yeah. So I think it'd be kind of like a, um, like a vanilla or maybe I love funfetti. Let's do a funfetti cake with sprinkles. Um, you know fun colored frost well it has to be like a red and white themed frosting um so nothing too crazy but it'll definitely have sprinkles um so with a cake and then once we win the game we will go to kilroy's and recreate that night that we saw 20 year olds falling all over each other um and they had throwback 90s and 2000s hits playing because that was such a fun night so that's what I would do. And then
0: the fun part about that night was that I uh, got them to change the TV and we watched like a really exciting fourth quarter yeah. comeback.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then every
0: those 20-year-olds wanted to watch too, even though they yeah. weren't paying attention yet. Um,
1: yeah. So that was a really awesome time and I would love to recreate it. How about you, Jeff? What about Ann Arbor? So my
0: day in Ann Arbor would be, we would go north to Carrytown, and then we would go to Zingerman's to get sandwiches. Uh, and then we walk around the Carrytown Farmers Market Um and we do it over the weekend and just visit Carrytown. And I don't know, like there are so many classy Ann Arbor establishments that are really struggling. Um, so I'd try to uh, spend all the money I can at all my favorite places. But it would be a Carytown day. Um, and then um, maybe some of the pubs down Main Street, we'd uh, mosey down from Carytown all the way. Usually I go to Zingerman's the day after a game on the Sunday. Um, But if it were a Saturday, we'd walk down through Main Street and stop by all the different um, town establishments. And then we maybe crash a couple tailgates, maybe the MWIL blog tailgate. Um, They always have one with Homeshare Lending and all the different sponsors. Um, So that's what it would be. But it would be a Town beautiful sort of late fall um, focused day. Um, with all the leaves on the ground and it'll just be wonderful.
1: Oh, that sounds lovely.
0: All right. so for rival watch, we're gonna keep this zippy. Um, but what we were thinking was we'd tell some jokes about our rivals and uh, I think the two sort of kitschy ways that we kind of described were, you know, if we have to pin down, it's sort of like a it's sort of like a version of our sort of state of the team except we're calling it sort of the soul to the extent that our rivals have souls um, of the team, um, how we would describe, like from a sure, opponent's perspective, how, we, how do we feel about that team? Just the overall evil feeling that we get, And then the flow of the season, how we think their season's going to go. And so I'll give my two and then you can give your two. Um, so I kind of uh, previewed it with Ohio State. So it'll be fast one. They're great. Um, And I think the one thought um, that stolen 100% from Solid Verbal is that the way that they're going to play the season, given that there's zero margin for error and they want to make it to the playoffs, is that they're going to be playing for style points for the committee. And so they're going to try to completely dismember every single opponent as much as possible. Like, they're just going to play the hardest possible because it's going to be a death march uh, to the playoffs. Um, so I don't know that the defense is questionable. I hope it is, especially since they stole our guy for their defensive coordinator. So maybe that's the best thing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be total destruction. Um, and that's what they're going to go for. Uh, Michigan state. Um, I think the chickens have come home to roost because, uh, coach Antonio has been, you know, it's this weird thing where like Michigan state has this whole culture thing where they're like. Oh, we're gonna, you know, Coach Antonio. It will never be over. It will never be over. And guess what? Like, it's over, right? And he had all this like recruiting scandals that he he got sued for a recruiting scandal. And the night before the lawsuit, um, a key stage in the lawsuit, he just resigned and he left the program in a total lurch because uh, they didn't have time to find a new coach. They uh, had to pick their sort of fifth choice. Uh, Mel Tucker from Colorado. They gave him a shit ton of money uh, to coach, and um, and we just heard the news where they're clo- they're shutting down their swim program, their dive program. Lots of great athletes. You know, one of the things, Kathy, you tell me is that you root for all these athletes from other sports, right? That are non revenue, but mm-hmm. also worthy of our attention. And they shut it down to save two million dollars to pay this Mel Tucker guy. They vastly overpaid for him because they were desperate. Because of the situation that D'Antonio left them in, um, and so a lot of um, my feeling is shot and Florida, right? Like they're they caused this and um, overpaid for this mediocre coach, and the cupboards are bare, right? They're bare. Uh, coach Tucker said uh, when they asked Coach Tucker what kind of team you're going to have, Coach Tucker said, "We want to have the team where everyone in the stadium." And it's funny. It's not quite a debord quote. In fact, it might be the opposite. <laughs> he was like saying, "We want to have a team where, if everyone knows that we're going to run, we still need to be able to do it." And I think, <laughs> I think that's like the reason why it's not necessarily altogether a debord quote is because what they're going to what it really means if you read behind the lines, and this is the soul of the team and the flow of the season. It's they're not going to be able to pass the ball. Like Lombardi sucks and everyone knows they're going to run and they're going to be stuck with running and they better be able to do it because if they can't do it, it's going to be a very really long season. Um, that's what the quote reads to me. And that's how their season's going to go. Um, and so those are the rivals. OSU is going to try to dismember everyone and Michigan state. Well, they're going to get dismembered. Um, and that's, that's, that's my two rivals. Um, I'm going to actually uh, steal a little bit of yours, because I, I want to talk about Nebraska too, just because yeah. I think I have it. Uh, yes. And then you can sort of start with them. I think Nebraska is so funny and we don't like Scott Frost um, because Scott Frost lobbied for a title and then they got the title when he was quarterback at, I think, Tennessee, maybe. Um, and um, so there was a split title. And uh, so we tell jokes in the Michigan blogs about uh, uh, about uh, Scott Frost's mom, who's like a decorated Olympian and athlete, which is how... Scott Frost got his quarterback genes, um, but basically Nebraska and you can, you can fill in the blanks, but Nebraska was whining all season and last season about not getting tough enough uh, opponents and why like they play these or, or rather, wh- what was it like? Oh, uh, they were saying, Oh, our crossover games are too hard. Uh, we don't want to play the Indiana's to bolster our resume. Is that what yep. Scott yeah. Frost said? Okay. Yeah. He said that. And then this, and then this season, they were whining, whining, whining about wanting a season. They were like, "Why aren't we having a season?" They threatened to have like non-conference games, and we were like, "What the fuck? You joined the Big Ten and got all this money. You're gonna like join non-conference games?" Um, And then they got OSU uh, to restart the season, and they're thanking OSU, and now they're like complaining about a season where they think that their season is gonna be really hard, and um, it's like. Wait, these are games that were already on the season before, um, but um, okay. So complain, get the season, complain some more, uh, but I'll turn it over to you.
1: <laughs> well, on the Nebraska front, you're very, you're very right. Um, you know, you whine, it gets you an away game at OSU to start your season. So that's what you get for whining. Um, it is very likely actually that Nebraska will lose its first four games. Like they can start the season zero four because they've got OSU away. Um, then Wisconsin, Northwestern. and Penn Are you going to watch that
0: Northwestern game? We're going to root for uh, our favorite quarterback. Oh, yeah, tight.
1: Peyton, we should because it'll be on the road. So it'll be at Northwestern. I obviously physically can't go, but um, definitely we need to be rooting for Peyton. Um, and the last two times that Nebraska went to Evanston, they lost. Um, so it's not looking too good right now. So um, sorry, Scott Frost, but not sorry. And and, um, and tell
0: us about like why the hate like what what's the source of this rivalry? Um,
1: no, it's, it's just soul. all the whining. Like I think. Um, no, it's but he exactly deliberately
0: picked on IU several times, right?
1: Yes, it was exactly what you said. I think even our, I'm pretty sure, athletic director was quoted as saying like the respect just wasn't there. Um, yeah, it's
0: because they were essentially saying, "Why are we pay- playing like these hard teams? Like, you're getting an easy win versus Indiana." For our resume in the Big Ten West, we have two hard crossover games, right? That's what they saw. And then, and so then you started having Scott Frost as your least favorite person of the podcast. I think for me, unfortunately, this week, it's the least favorite person on the podcast is Brady Hope because I (laughs) dug up that Rutgers loss.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But for you, it's Scott Frost, right? That's your number one enemy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Um, and then just to touch on Purdue, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about them, but I was actually, not that I would ever necessarily root against a team, but I was so excited when Rondale Moore, um, he's a wide receiver for Purdue, had opted out because he's just he's so awesome. good.
0: Like he's the Yeah. Best. He's awesome. He's
1: so good. And I was like, yay, that's awesome. He's like, he opted fast, out. tall,
0: catches everything, right? Is yeah. that a good description?
1: Yes. But then he opted back in. So mm-hmm. um, kind of bummed. I guess that's good for Purdue. Um, you know, I would say in terms of a schedule standpoint, they actually have a very easy schedule. They've got no Ohio state, no Penn state, Michigan, and they get Iowa at home. So yeah, I mean, the only thing I can hope for is because their schedule is pretty easy that by the time they play us, they maybe will be like a little, like, um, too confident. Um, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Um, and then it'll make us easier to beat them.
0: Okay. Well, just to wrap up, um, the show. Uh, I think um, our hope is, you know, we get to play the games. Um, everyone gets to play the games. Everyone stays he- safe and healthy. Uh, and, and we get to see some of this play out. Um, I am really excited and we'll probably go to a one-a-week schedule. Um, our usual, like, report on, we might go back to dip into doing, like, around the league and around the Big Ten. We always try to give two or three funny stories um, because we care about the people and the personalities around the league. Uh, And then this season, we'll do the rival watch. And then we'll talk about how our teams did, whether they're still on track for a championship, and um, how our teams will do. And we'll talk maybe some people, some places, and uh, go back to the once-a-week schedule. What do you think about that, Kathy?
1: I love it. I just... It hasn't I, – I literally have the Illinois-Wisconsin game playing in front of me, and it still hasn't hit me that the season has started. Um, I think maybe tomorrow will be the day where I and really, really feel it. so
0: funny because there's something magical about the Big Ten. I mean, there's been other yeah. conferences, but it just isn't the same.
1: Yep, I agree. So thank you so much for listening, and we will be back soon. Hoo-hoo. Uh,
0: hail.